What's up, everybody? This is Fred Ricciani. We have right here via Zoom a very special guest. She was one of the most talented actors in the game, recently honored at the Long Island International Film Expo. You may have seen her work in a few little shows called Stranger Things, Orange is the New Black, Insecure, just to name a few. She's also had standout performances in recent independent films, 18 and a Half and Triple Threat. We are talking to New York's own, the incredibly talented Catherine Curtin. Catherine, thank you so much for joining us. How's everything going? New York, 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 New York. Yeah. Yeah. I am New York. <laughs> My people have been in, uh, on the island of Manhattan. Well, you know, Irish immigrants, like, like who knows, like what potato famine, right? <laughs> Didn't keep great records, but... Probably between 1850 and 1870, somewhere in there, we arrived on the island of Manhattan and we're Bronx and Brooklyn and Manhattan all that time and um, never bought real estate. Oh, such, such, you know, just I don't know what happened there with them. But um, yeah, so I am a New Yorker and I'm very, very proud to be a New Yorker and I love my city and I love my people and you know, we are a sanctuary city. And if you are a woman in need of um, care, you come to us. We got you. We got you. We got you. We got you. Um, you know, we we are the city that belongs to the globe. We are hosted and loved and cared for uh, by the United States of America. And we are the U.S., but we are an international city. And we are very proud to be that. And I'm very proud to be a New Yorker. So you mentioned that. I just had to follow up because like it, my, my heart sings whenever anybody mentions my city's name. What can I say? I, I absolutely love that. I don't know how I'm going to follow that, but we're going to try because <laughs> you were recently honored at the Long Island International Film yeah. Expo. A great honor. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it was beautiful. Um, it was a Creative Achievement Award, Excellence in Creative Achievement, I believe it's called. And what, what I loved about it so much was that, um, you know, as opposed to an award for like an actual specific like thing, it was a it was about something called creativity. And it's, you know, I, I come from a business banking family. I don't come from an, a creative family or an artistic family or any of that. And, you know, so for me to have carved out, act out, act out, eked out a creative life, it meant, um, it meant a lot to me actually to get that award and to be, uh, given that it was, it was, it, it charmed my soul, uh, to no end as all I can say. And then I, of course, I love the people of Long Island because Long Island is awesome. So it was, it was a wonderful, wonderful day. And I'm very grateful for it. Well, we're very grateful for your time and yeah, well-deserved, well-earned, so happy for all your success. And speaking of success, you're part of a little show called Stranger Things. It's only yeah. you know, the number one show on planet Earth right now. I'm sure you got a million questions about being a part of it, playing Dustin's mom. But what are your thoughts overall on the phenomenon that is Stranger Things and how strong it's been seven years out? Right. I think it's great. I think it's deserved. I think it's an excellent show. Um, I 
one thing I can tell everybody is that like, you know how you love that phrase, like it's really nice when good things happen to nice people. Well, these are really nice people. Like these are some of the nicest people you ever want to meet. So good things are happening to really good people in this instance. And so I, I think hopefully everybody that will warm them. Um, and I, I'm glad for Netflix too, because I love Netflix. I mean, Netflix has been one of my gainful employers for many years. So I'm very grateful to Netflix. And um, I'm glad that Stranger Things is really, you know, giving Netflix uh, a, a little blood boost right now in these strange times, you know. I think to be a streaming service during a pandemic and then not during a pandemic when people are getting back to things, I think it's going to change everything a little bit in terms of numbers for them. So I'm really, I'm really excited for Stranger Things and I'm, I'm really proud of Stranger Things. And I, I, it's a wonderful show to be on. Um, you know, the, just for, just for the camera alone, like they have, they've got quite a bit of money on that show. So they bring in like the most amazing camera work and camera toys that I personally have ever seen. You know, I'm like on Homeland, you know, it's, it's sort of like they, they plant the camera and then the camera moves in and you do your coverage and, you know, you're in an office and that's it. But, you know, or Easter Rays, you know, Insecure or, 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 you know, Orange, any of these shows, it's a pretty wonderfully advanced, sophisticated uh, camera work. But Stranger Things, it's like, oh boy, you know, that camera is flying. Like it's literally flying. The camera is up there somewhere. And then there's this other camera that's over here and they're working in concert. It's like, it's like some Nureyev ballet. And and then all of a sudden, like they're, they're covering something from way, way, way over and the camera sweeps and it's sweeping, it's sweeping and it's covering something here. And then it comes down and it's landing over there and then it passes by and it passes by and it passes by and you do your little thing. That would be me. I do my little thing. And then the camera like churns and it goes somewhere else and it goes, woo. It's like, it's like, it's, it's heart stopping to work with that level of technology in the camera department is so much fun. It is so like challenging and bring your game. And the Duffer brothers are so, they're very kind. They're just enormously kind, supportive people. You know how there's that, there's kind of a theme in the show, like, you know, people say to each other things like, you know, you got this and you can do it and, and you're on it and you're going to smash it. And that is them. That's really coming from them. And they say things like that on set, like they're the sweetest people, you know, they'll, they'll say things to me like, you got this, Kathy. And it's like, so sweet. I, I'm so, I'm so emboldened and, heartened and they give great karmic gifts on that set and so it's it's a it's a really a it's a wonderful place to work you know I absolutely and love that wonderful like to a t you know i come and go i'm not there all that much i mean a bit but not all that much and to a t they 
everyone comes up and says, hello, and how are you? And, you know, how is my son? And I, I'm amazed. I'm amazed at the level of um, personal togetherness and sophistication. Nobody's bought the Kool-Aid. No, there's no ego drama. There's no aggressiveness in that department at all, at all, at all. It's just really gentle, kind, nice people making things. It's like, it's like, okay, we're going to make things today. We're just making things with stranger things today. We're making things with people with stranger things and they're really nice people. You know, it's like, it's very cool. I'm very grateful. I absolutely love that. And I also love like the attention to detail and everything. You're from the hair to the makeup to the prosthetics and, and, and they hype all these people behind the scenes a lot. You know, sometimes with certain, you know, filmmakers or TV creators, like it, it's almost like they want to be seen as like the geniuses. And I feel like the Duffer brothers and that whole crew is like, no, 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 actually, no, these are the people that really make this happen, which is a kind of a nice breath of fresh air. It's great. They, but that's like telling you, like, it's exactly what I just said in a way, like, because they're just, they're the most generous of spirits. And I, I, I would I would be surprised to hear that anything else was the case with them, you know, and and I, you know, to that, I think the hair and makeup, I think they do a fabulous job. I think, you know, one of the original hair people that I met on the show, she had had her own salon somewhere down south for like the 70s and 80s. Like she had her own beauty salon. So she knew it. She was just bringing it on. And she was excited, I think, to bring it on and very, very confident in her look and in what she was creating because she had created it in real life at during that period. So, you know, who better? Think about this, right? You're, you're on a show right now in Stranger Things that is kind of really carrying Netflix, especially through some tough times. And you were also on a show that really helped kind of establish Netflix as like a, a major player. That show that helped establish Netflix as a major player alongside House of Cards and a couple other shows in the early days was Orange is the New Black. Looking back, are you surprised at some of the impact that it had, not just, you know, as an entertaining show, but also culturally and kind of pushing the, the difficult conversations forward about race and incarceration? Yes. And I'm very, um, I'm, it's, I'm very heartened by that. To think that we would have a show about a woman's prison and that it would be one of, it would do some of the best business of any show on TV. It's very significant in terms of telling all of us that there are people watching who want to care. There are people watching who want to be part of the solution, who want to think about it, who want to be part of the conversation. And Orange is really, I think, so much an example of, you know, conversation like creates legislation. So when you bring it on, story creates conversation, conversation creates legislation. You know, some of the things that they talked about in Orange, the privatization of the prison system, it's there's some really suspect stuff when you talk about privatizing incarceration. I mean, that's just like rampant for maybe could be a problem there. There could be some problems. Yeah. Like I'm just thinking of a few right off the top of my head, you know, like we can all think of some of those, right? So the fact that Orange explored that issue, they explored the issue of uh, 
you know, immigration. They explored the issue of incarceration in ways that we had not seen that before. And I used to, I don't know, I, I used to do, I don't do it anymore at all. I didn't know theater anymore, but I used to do a lot of theater. And when I was a kid and I did a lot of theater, you know, you come home at night, you can't sleep. It's like 11 o'clock at night. And for you, it's like, yeah, I just finished work. Like, what's up? Who's up? Like, what's going on? So, you know, you're up to like two, three, four o'clock in the morning. And I used to watch a lot of shows, you know, those, those docs on prisons. I used to watch a lot of those, like, you know, all the incarceration shows. And it fascinated me that we were warehousing souls because that's basically what prisons are. And I remember when I was shooting one day on Orange and it was the first day that I had seen the cafeteria and th this was way back when they were, you know, first built all those sets. I was started with Orange on day one for I think everybody. And, um, you know, so I got to see some of those sets for the very first time. And I remember walking into the cafeteria set and my heart really stopped. And I thought, oh my God, this is, this is a warehouse. We are, we are warehousing souls. That's what we're doing. That's what prison is. And yes, we have people who no doubt more than belong there. You know, if you have killed a child or hurt a child, I think prison is too good for you. But there are other people there, but for the grace of God, go I. And I think that I'm not always sure that prison is the best place for, for, for all of the people that are there. And I don't know that our society isn't losing some of our best resources because every society's best resource is its people. Yes, it is what is in the ground. It is what is in the government. It is what is in the coffers of the government. It is what is in your banks, in your businesses, but it ain't nothing without the people. And there are people in those prisons, you can't tell you the amount of people that we incarcerate, that there aren't some fabulous people who could be really important to society. And so I feel like we're all losing out. And I think that's one of the conversations that Orange raised. And I was floored and ecstatic at the popularity of that show because it signifies that people want to think and talk and understand this. And that's one of the things that like with Dope Sick, you know, and the Sacklers, that's one of the things that this medium that we do, TV or film or whatever, it can create this dialogue for all of us to have. It can fly it in our homes and fly it in our faces in a way that we can go, whoa, I didn't know that. Are you kidding me? I did not know that. Yeah, I got to think about that. I, well, who is my local congressman? For sure. Very well said. And yeah, I, lo I love that you said that. I mean, art can really push forward these conversations. And yeah. What, and then on the surface, you might think Orange is just a comedy at first, right? The first couple episodes, you're thinking, okay, this is pretty funny. But no, it really ties into some major issues, as you discussed. And what I love about it is that I highlighted so many of, of each character's stories and really, I hate to say humanize them because like really we should be seeing everybody as human. But for a lot of people, it did kind of humanize the, these characters and, the, and and these people that are in the prison population. 100%. Yeah. And and made us all closer. You know, like, I think that's what Issa Rae's magic for me was on Insecure. 
she's incredibly smart, like deeply smart woman. And I remember once I read one of the scripts and I was like, whoa, you're really doing this? Like, whoa, like you're, you're not, nobody's supposed to talk about this. Like you are crossing lines here. And she's like, yeah, we're talking about it. And she talks about stuff, but she does it in a way that it's coming into your home as if it's your best friend, as if it's, it's funny and it's sad and you're engaged and you understand that like, we are all so much alike. We are all so much more alike than we are different. And I think that art really has the power to create community and break down the barriers, break down the walls. And it's, you know, maybe not everybody, like, you know, when the silent films came out, maybe not everybody knew this was going to go down. But now it is one of the political, philosophic, and therefore economic forces of our time. And um, considering the fact that we now have so much fake news, like two and two could be four or it could be fake news, we don't know. We just don't know. Very suspect whether it's three or four. So, you know, considering we're living in that age and everybody is so tribal that one of the ways we can all come to find each other and be together is by sit on your couch, make some popcorn and turn on a show because we're all watching that. And it's, and I think, you know, Stranger Things really talks about the good and the bad. It really talks about oh, government overreach. It, it really talks about so many things, just metaphorically. It's fabulous, you know? So I don't know. I'm, I'd always wanted to be a political person. I just didn't think I was really, you know, like I didn't know that I could do that. And I guess I'm just got really lucky because now I'm in an industry that I think is really stepping up to the plate and maybe reaching people and maybe bringing us all together. And that's basically what politics is. Politics is how we all get together. That's what politics is. It's not a dirty word. And if you don't get involved in politics, it will get involved in you. So we need to be together. And we need to reach out and understand each other. It's kind of crazy. I feel like you and your career, you, you said you're in, intent on kind of getting into politics with, with art and it just kind of you know, happened and snowballed. And, and here you are, you're, you're such a great advocate for so many marginalized groups, and everything. And between Insecure, between Orange is a New Black and Triple Threat, <gasps> is an independent film that you, you were a part of, directed by Stacey Malton, Besties Make Movies, Margarita Zitnikova, J.D. Yonker, just a, a fantastic cast overall. And just to, Give a little bit of a synopsis. It's a story about three friends who have this play called Firefly that they want to eventually take to Broadway until the male co-star says, you know what? I kind of want to have a baby and I don't mind being a single dad. So kind of flipping the script a bit. You play the Broadway executive in the film. That's another film that totally really shifts and changes the conversation in terms of choice and chosen family, especially given the time we're in right now uh, in this country where women, unfortunately, don't have autonomy over their bodies in, in certain states. What was it like being a part of Stacey Mullins' Triple Threat? 
you know, it was, it was really fun. They're really wonderful to work with, but I just, I'm slightly dyslexic and I would get these emails from besties, you know, which is their company. And I'd be like, the beasties are emailing me. Oh, it's the beasties. I love the beasties. Who are the beasties? And then finally, like a long way into that relationship, I was like, ah, I think it says besties. I think this email is from the besties. Wow. So anyway, that shows you who I am, what we're working with here, what we're working with. Anyway, but um, it was really fun to work with them. And I, I think what was great about working with them too was that they're very open to what you bring to the table as young filmmakers. And I think as young filmmakers, that's kind of an awesome thing. You know, I remember um, there was the story of this indie film. And they, I guess they somehow they got Morgan Freeman. And when Morgan Freeman got to set, they were apparently like all over him. And he was like, okay, you've never made a film before. I'm not just saying anything, but I am Morgan Freeman. Maybe you should see what I bring to the table before you tell me how to do this. And like with the besties, with those guys, there was nothing but like kind of love and respect and joy for everything that everybody was bringing to the table. And I loved that. I loved working for them. And I also feel like I felt like I was in very good hands because I really felt like I could trust. Um, I think Stacy is very good taste. And so as an actor, you know, you really want to be able to feel that like, okay, I'm going to do all this stuff. You know, I'm going to try to make every take a little different so that, you know, you have lots of fun things to play with in the edit. But, you know, when you say you got it, I want to know, like, it's not like I got it. It's like, you got it, right? We are good to go because you got it. Like, that's what I want. And I always felt like with those, those creators that, they were incredibly um, aware of what was happening on set. And I felt very comfortable and confident working for them, which helps that character because she's like this uber confident, aggressive, like I own the world and I don't care who else is here, a person. And so it was fun. Like I could just play that, you know, they were into like, go as far as you want to go with that, you know, and it was fun. And then they were not like we improv stuff. It was really neat. It was, it was just really like a, a, a fun, challenging, open forum of work uh, with somebody leading it with somebody in the helm who I think has great taste, great understanding of story structure. And I felt very, I could trust you know, as an actor that, that, you know, like if it was too big or too small or too much or too little, or was, you know, in the, in the pocket, you know, in the zone, I really felt like that was something that was important to me on that set. And that I got on that set without any question. We'd love to hear that fantastic independent film. It's available now on demand every major video on demand provider, including Apple TV and Amazon Prime, the Triple Threat film starring Stacey Mall and Margarita Zitikova, J.D. Ocker, and of course, our buddy here at Catherine Curtin. You've done a number of other independent films over the past year. 
Before we get to that, though, I'm guessing that the independent film circuit is in pretty good hands right now, especially in New York. I love indie film. I don't know. It could only, all I want is for indie film to take off and keep going. And, you know, I thankful, thankful to Showtime too, because Showtime is really stepping up to show indie films to people who don't have all these, you know, maybe Showtime comes with your cable package and in case you don't have all of these other auxiliary uh, channels, you know, subscription channels. So I'm grateful to Showtime. Um, they've taken up a lot of different films that I, I've, I've done. Um, and, you know, indie film is, is very important to our society because, you know, it's like NPR for filmmakers, right? It is like, a, it, is, it is a non-corporate form of making art. So when you make art out of the corporate structure, yes, the corporate structure at some point comes in and, you know, does distribution, please God, it does, you know, or puts you on their streaming service. But the initial idea, the initial, uh, in, you know, making of that film, the initial planning of that film, the initial creating that film, casting that film, uh, bringing it to fruition is usually all just a bunch of indie filmmakers coming together to do their thing. And that's extremely important for a free society because it is one of the ways where we're climbing forward to always have open expression and open storytelling. Uh, Besides journalism, I think indie film is one of the most important things we have in our society. And I'm very glad that New York and LA and, you know, Detroit and Georgia and, Texas and uh, all of these fabulous places are really stepping it up and supporting their indie filmmakers. Um, you know, um, I shot 18 and a half, which I love, which is just out too, which is this thriller on the water gate. It's this like rompy, ridiculous, uh, fictional, heavy fictional romp through uh, the 18 and a half minutes with the missing Watergate tapes, uh, which is just fabulous. and. You know, it's so fun because like what Nixon did is just it's just it's not even, you know, reaching for the candy on the counter next to where we are today. So uh, it's it's such a great movie. I hope everybody gets to see it. I think it's highly entertaining and uh, wacky and fun. And, you know, I really tried to channel Emma Peel from The Avengers. That was my goal. And so like if that gives you a sense of, you know, a little bit of the style of the film, it was fun and wacky and retro. And I think it's awesome. I love 18 and a half. So if anybody get out there and see that it's, it's just on all the platforming services too. So. Yeah. 18 and a half is great directed by Dan Mervish, one of the co-founders of the slam dance film festival, which is a a great haven for independent film as well. So yeah, you you all did a great job in in that for sure. Yeah. and there's Werewolves Within, which I had out last year, which is awesome. Um, it's a thriller, uh, a comedy thriller, a horror comedy. I think horror comedy is like is like the new popular genre. And I really, like, I never, you know, if you told me that I was going to be like, oh, horror, I love horror, I want more horror, I'd be like, no, I don't think so. No, Jason, Friday the 13th, no, no, I can't do any of that. But this is like a new way of being in horror. And it's so, 
it's it's there's always this homage to all previous horror films in these horror comedies and they take you to the edge of your seat and then you're just laughing it's just it's such a good form of release to put a scary horror thing with a wacky comedy like how is that not the best combination of anything in the world like how is that not the best thing to have on a friday night you know I don't know what could be better. Well, Catherine, we really do appreciate the time. You've been so gracious with your time. We want to get you out of here on a high note. What's the best piece of advice you give anybody for success? No, don't give up. Just don't give up. And, you know, we're all blessed because we are the ones who made it through the pandemic. You know, I was in New York during that March. That March. And... You are living to fight another day. So you get out there and you fight and you don't relinquish the fight and live with a yes in your heart. Live with the yes rather than no. It's no is an important word, but yes is something to sing about. And let your heart sing and follow your dreams because why not? Powerful stuff, Catherine. Thank you so much. Before we let you go, where can we find you online and where can we find you next? I'm mainly on Instagram. So it's Kate Curtin, C-A-T-E-C-U-R-T-I-N. Kate Curtin is my Insta handle. And um, I'm sort of on Twitter, but I've lost my passport. So I don't know. I have to figure out how to get back onto Twitter. You know, that for me, that could take all day. So I don't know when that's going to happen. So mainly I'm just like really on Instagram and I really like Instagram because it seems like I, we get a lot of like TikTok stuff. I'm not on TikTok, but I feel like I am sometime because I'm on Instagram. So, you know, I feel like Instagram is totally a fun, like I'm happy. I'm there. I'm happy. I'm good to go with Instagram. So please Instagram me. I would love that. And um, I enjoy, so enjoy looking it's a secret pleasure to have a fun Instagram account. And I enjoy that secret pleasure. So I, I look forward to your Insta posts. As far as projects go, are there any projects coming up that you're allowed to talk about? I'm, um, you know, I've, I've got a bit on some, another Netflix show. So hopefully that's going to roar its ugly head. I can't, I don't think I should say what that is quite yet. Um, and uh, I've got, an indie film that I love. I love this indie film, Benji's Hour, uh, that will, you know, be out at some point soon. And I've got a bunch of other indie films that I've done. Um, I think I shot like 10 shorts from the time that we were allowed to start shooting after the pandemic to now. So I've got about 10 shorts coming out. And I enjoyed every single one of them immensely. And I shot a couple of features this year and those will be coming out. I assume I, I love them both. So yeah, like I got a lot of good indie stuff coming out and, um, you know, go back to the whole Netflix thing. And I'm grateful that to be thought of, and, you know, I don't know, that's what I'm doing. I don't know. I think you definitely do know what you're doing. Much respect for that, that, that schedule, that pace, the tremendous work that you're putting out, that, you, that you're a part of. Bonus question, is there anything you wish I asked you in this interview? Um, 
Wow. Um, no, but I think that if you want to do this business, probably any business, I think you have to be willing to, you know, get off one plane and get on another. I think you have to be willing to um, go for it. So I, I, I really, when I was younger, you know, I, you know, everybody's like, ah, artist okay okay so you know so like I was so bubble brain about it you know I was total bubblehead about it and I think you have to take what you want to do seriously and you have to go for it and that's the only thing I really I really hope that people get out there and get your dukes up and start fighting for whatever it is that you want to fight for Good luck. Have you ever seen me? Just go ahead and give me one right in the schnauzer. Maybe not. Maybe we'll give you, we'll just give you a fist bump. How's that? Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Biden just did that. He got so much trouble. I don't know if we're not allowed to do fist bumps anymore. You know, I don't know. That got really crazy for that. Maybe, maybe elbows then. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure something Elbow. We'll do elbows. Okay. We'll do elbows. Yeah. So um, anyway, but yeah, well, well, good luck to everyone and thank you for having me. And um, I'm, I'm so grateful. So blessed. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much, Catherine. Again, you could check her out, of course, in a little show called Stranger Things on Netflix, Orange is a New Black, and some fantastic independent films, Werewolves Within on Showtime, Triple Threat, and 18 and a Half available on all major video on demand providers. Catherine, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.